the Six Pointer Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Six Pointer Podcast with me, Luke Tyrrell, and uh, standing in for Richard, Richard Thomas is uh, Matthew Tyrrell. Matthew, how are you? Standing the scene today. Whenever Richard's uh, got something better to do, you are, mate. Yeah, to get me involved. You're, you're, you're the, the go-to substitute man. So, uh, so yeah, thanks very much for being here. It's, it's been a while. Well, yeah, as as of late it seems, but um, but uh, yeah, very pleased, very pleased to have you back on the pod, mate. So, um, given the fact that Richard's here, well, I think we can we can forego the Liverpool chat um, and go straight to the most important game of the weekend, which obviously was Arsenal two, Crystal Palace two. Um, a thoroughly entertaining game, I thought. I mean, we both watched it uh, live, didn't we? Um, through a, a p- perfectly legal stream. Um, really, I guess Pat Palace have got to be pretty pretty pleased with the the, the manner of the of the comeback, and, and maybe even a little bit disappointed not to have got something more than the point out of the game, don't you think? Yeah, fa- fantastic result first and foremost, because to go two 0 down and concede two goals early. Um, uh, away in a place that it will be very easy to then just completely collapse uh, and for it to be um, you know many 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 goals a heavy defeat mm. um, I, I thought Palace were fantastic I thought they really held their nerve they didn't um, didn't lose their bottle and, and you know it would have been easy to um, given there was sort of what was it 80 minutes left at the 2-0 down in, in such quick succession so really really pleased with the sort of the character the fight they, 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 they showed to stay in the game but then I thought not just stay in the game but also be very much in it so it wasn't that you know we just held on in there I, I thought it was pretty end to end equal in terms of um, in terms of sort of I mean the possession stats show it roughly don't they and yeah. in terms of how the game played out, played out so yeah really really pleased and you know if you look back was it two years ago we got hammered there was it four it was. I was. I was. I was at the game. Unfortunately, yeah. I think we were four 0 down within something of the stupid like, was it twelve minutes or fifteen minutes something like that? It was. It was. Yeah, that was a horrendous game. That was. And then yesterday could have very easily gone that way, couldn't it as well? So. Yeah. I mean. I mean. You mentioned obviously the two goals in quick succession. I think it was sort of like. Um, what was it? Eight and nine minutes or something in. It. It was very unpalace-like to concede. Two goals from two set pieces, and and a lot of blame. I mean, has been and, and will be laid by um, certain areas of the Crystal Palace support at, at the goalkeeper Wayne Hennessy. If I mean, I mean, I'm one of them. If I'm honest, I mean, I think personally, he comes to punch the ball, um, doesn't get anywhere near it, and then he's sort of left, sort of backtracking and frailing, and, and the defence is all out at sea as a result of that, and it's. Uh, a pretty a simple goal for Arsenal to 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 score then, and then I mean almost a a carbon copy happens again a couple of minutes later for them to get the second goal, and I I, it, I almost felt that Hennessy perhaps was because he had that incident where he came and and didn't make it he, he stayed in his line. And there was a, a huge gap which, which which no one filled. None of the fence filled, and the goalkeeper didn't fill, and it just allowed. I think it was Louise to get the second goal, wasn't it? The, the first one, I agree with you. I don't think he should have done what he did. Um, whether he's sort of you know keen to impress and therefore felt to come for it. Yeah. 
um, confidence another thing, you know. So he hasn't had a run of games, you know, this is the second game he's played. Uh, so I think the first one, absolutely. Second one, not so sure about. The second one reminded me, what was the one with Joel Ward? It was the Wolves one, wasn't it? With Joel Ward. We slipped. Yeah. Yeah, that second, I don't know if, if I remember it wrong, but the second goal reminded me a bit of that. In fact, it kind of came across and no one got anywhere near it and, you know, back post business and they sort of just knocked it in. Um, but then, you know, the other end of the, of the spectrum is at the other end, uh, sort of went towards the end of the game, you know, he made a fantastic uh, reaction save. Um, so, you know, swings and roundabouts, like, like you've alluded to, you know, I'm, I'm with you, I'm not his biggest fan, I think, not just from the goalkeeper perspective, but also from the defensive sort of texture, um, I think Palace looks so much better with, um, I'm going to try and say it, uh, Bicente Gaita. Bicente Gaita, yeah, I think if, you, if you're going to pro- pronounce it correctly, right, yeah. I was, I was so to get that right after you told me how <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, and definitely we we spoke before on 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 the pod around um, goalkeepers almost breeding a lot of confidence throughout the defence and, and and making them feel a lot more comfortable when when you've got faith in your goalkeeper you can perhaps the defensive line is a bit more settled and um, feels comfortable about pushing up and and leaving some of the responsibility to the goalkeeper um, and I think perhaps. You can you can you can sense when Batendegui isn't isn't there. You can perhaps sense a little bit of nervousness in in the defence, um, and, and, and probably it's worth noting obviously that that um, James Tompkins started his second game, didn't he, in, in place of Martin Kelly, who was fit again and obviously came back onto the bench. Which I don't know. Let me get your thoughts on that because you know I I felt uh, Martin Kelly's been been really good, and and, and my my pairing sent back pairing probably would be. Kelly and, and and Cahill, but Tomkins seems to have come back in and 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 well, he seems to be the the favourite at that position at the moment, doesn't he? I always think with these things, we don't know what they do five days a week. That's true. Down down Cobus Road, you know. Um, so, so you, you used know, to know when you used to live nearby and you used to be able to go and sneak by and, and do your little spy bit. Did you know there, there was a part where I used to have this running room and. There was a part where I used to run down Worthy Bridge Road where you could peek through and just see them playing, just in the training. Give a bit of the old Belser and sort of take some notes, a bit, a bit of scouting yeah. on the on the training. With a binoculars. Yeah. Um, but yeah, very rarely would you see them. But um, but yeah, you, you just don't know what they do in the training ground, therefore who performs and haven't performed. Yeah. You know? I'm sure there's a number of factors that come into it. Maybe Martin Kelly, you know, maybe he's not 100% from his injury either, so that could play a factor. I think you're right, you know, it's, it's pretty hard on him, harsh on him rather, mm. to not be playing given how absolutely fantastic he's been. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, who, who knows all the factors. But, you know, Tompkins did well. Um, Gary Cahill, again, fantastic. I, I was particularly impressed with, with the midfield yesterday. I felt Zaha was a bit too slow to start with, but mm. again, weren't the whole team. But I thought he looked really, really good. Um, and, you know, there was... Um, uh, songs about Pepe wasn't there from the Palace end about how he's so. uh, not, not, not as good as Wilf. Yeah. Um, 
uh, you know, I thought we kind of showed Arsenal to, to some extent what they were missing out on by bidding uh, £9.50 and a pack in a portal scratching. Um, <laughs> James McArthur, obviously, again, fantastic. I mean, for the goal, like, you know, he shouldn't be bursting down the left wing, should he? What's he doing? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. I mean, you you skipped ahead there because I obviously went, went to touch on, on on Palace's first goal, which which well, there's a bit of controversy about, uh, and and uh, a little bit of of um, perhaps VAR going in Chris Palace's uh, favour again. Um, ball, long ball over to Wilf, who controls it well, cuts inside. I think it's Chambers who who foolishly sort of sticks a leg out, and and Wilf goes over it. I think perhaps the speed in which Wilf was running, you know, made his his fall uh, look um, quite dramatic, but um, Martin Axon immediately gave it as a a dive and a, a yellow car for Wilfred Zaha's simulation. He hears in his ear that VAR's check in and actually then gives the penalty, and that's almost the bit that I think Palace fans have been waiting for, isn't it? Um, because we 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 said that this season we potentially would hope to get more penalties because of VAR and the fact that Wilf gets a lot of harsh treatment and I guess a lot of Palace fans we, we've indicated in, in the fact that um, that penalty um, or the simulation was overturned and the penalty was given what about the yellow card though what happens with the yellow card so that, 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 that's, that's completely written off now that, 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 that's removed but what about there at the end of the game what if he gets another card well, that that'll be his first yellow card. Cause so, so you can actually see if you if you watch it back, you can actually see Wilf asking him about the yellow card, and the referee's going, "No, no, no yellow card." Even after you show oh, it okay. to him, yeah, yeah. They need to think about that because obviously everything else is pretty. You know, the crowd are informed, but apart from that, you wouldn't know if um, he was still on the yellow or not. Um, well, I mean, but yeah, no, like, I mean yeah. we've done all right on far so far this season in the sense that we've had a few decisions gone our way. You could argue it's been a couple that could have gone against us, but didn't. The Greenish Villa one yeah. was one. But um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's nice that nice that you know Zahar uh, is shown and proven in games, not just after games in post match analysis, um, to not be a diver. And also, I guess. Um, so I asked I asked our friend Russell about this to find out, you know, how the VAR in the office, if you like, is done. Um, and he said he found out that it was ex or, ex or current refs doing it, mm. professional offic- officials. So you know, again, that's that's not just a pundit saying a match of day. That is, um, you know, professional people um, having a look at a situation and, and assessing it, and giving the correct decision with the benefit of time and TV angles and stuff. So uh, I, th- I think it's working really well. I know it's got its critiques. Some of that I think is people just don't like the change that it brings. Yeah. Um, but but no, we we've done all right over the last few weeks uh, with with uh, what, what we before last as well. So um, yeah. so yeah, take that all day long and um, yes, yeah, smash the opponent away again as always. Yeah, I mean, Luca as I say has come has come back in um, his first game back after suspension was was last week against Man City, and they made a good point. I felt on the FYP pod that people felt his his. Uh, performance against Man City was a little disappointing but it needs to be remembered that he did get booked after 12 minutes so um, it's kind of hard to play that defensive midfield sort of enforce a role when you are on a yellow card against a team like Manchester City and, and they've got so much pace and quality and you know that if you do leave a leg in there then you know that, that that's that's going to be your, your game over almost um, this this fast forward a bit into the second half um, and you mentioned um, Jimmy Max 
long busting run down the down the left wing, which was which was which is unbelievable. I mean, he's a bit of an unsung hero, wasn't he? But great ball in, I felt, because it, it weighted it really well, nicely to the back post, and it looked like David Luiz was almost expecting someone else to to to, to be there or another defender to be there. But there is our man Jordan Ayew, who um, well directs a beautiful header into the back of the net, and the keeper's got no chance. No, I thought it was a really good goal for a couple of reasons. As as you said, the the run down the wing, and he and he, you know, he he was at pace. He wasn't just you know jogging along. He he, he beat his man, um, and, and I thought he did really well to get the ball across. But for me, the best thing about the goal was Jordan I. I watched him the minute we got the ball in the wing. I was watching him to see what he was going to do, um, and you can see him kind of holding the run and, and hanging back. Um, and I just thought like, between the two of them, they managed it perfectly. I know it's kind of must be the kind of thing they practice in training yeah. now on the yeah, Palace on the break away from home. Um, maybe not Jimmy Mack so much out there, but but yeah, I thought I thought it was a, a sort of a really good team, uh, well worked goal in that sense. Um, yeah, he wasn't involved in the goal, but I thought Andros Townsend had a good game. Yes, um, you know he's gone a bit under the radar and had not had many chances this year, but I thought I thought he did really well. Um, so yeah, so yeah, yeah, not a nice goal, and, and, and then we you know. Like we alluded to earlier, just to sort of not then give it away at the end. And I haven't seen it back. Uh, you must have. Um, yeah. I know you watched Match of Day and that. Uh, you you stab back than I do, that's for sure. Um, what was their goal a goal or not? I think if it's it's one of those ones where it's, if if it's if the decision goes your way, you're happy with it. If it goes against you, then you you that you've got an argument to say otherwise. I think potentially it was harsh. I don't think Chambers means to foul Luca. I think he's just moving his feet, but he does. He does catch him, and Luca does go down as a result of that. And you, you. I mean, obviously VAR agreed the fact that had Luca been in his feet, potentially he could have got to block the, the 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 the, the shot or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I think um, I'm I'm undecided on that one. But being a Crystal Palace fan, obviously very pleased that it was ruled out. Um, especially it seemed to be quite a lengthy wait that one I don't know if there was a lot of deliberation in the Stockley Park when they were looking at that one um, but I mean not not the last talking part, point of the game I think was it an injury time when we broke away and Zahar gets absolutely rugby tackled by Glenduzi um, now a lot of the Palace players I think even Roy Hodgson were, were, were sort of calling for a red car because if you look at ahead of the play, there wasn't. I think there was one other Arsenal defender and then a goalkeeper. And with Wilf's pace, uh, potentially it's a goal-scoring opportunity. He's almost through on goal if if Glendouzi doesn't rugby rugby tackle him down, which he did. Uh, and obviously he gets a yellow card. But what what was your view on that? That whole type of tackle annoys me because it's not like he's like cleaned him out. So what was it, the Jason Puncher man against Man City? Uh, the Bruyne was it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So so like okay, he, you know that was an horrible tackle, but he took him out, right? Mm. It was a proper foul, if you like. That one on uh, Sunday, yesterday against Arsenal, it, it, like you said, it was a rugby tackle. We grabbed hold of him. Yeah. And, there was no and, there was no interest in playing the ball whatsoever. So 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 whether he's last man or not, for me, that is just a pathetic foul. Um, and in that sort of situation, he's absolutely got to go for it. Yeah. You know, he's not even pretended. You know, they, you know, they say, oh, he's you know, he's made 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 a go for the ball, or he's attempted to play the ball, whatever it might be. Uh, the saying uh, that that bloke has not even 
bothered to get anywhere near the ball. He's not looking at the ball. He's looking at the player, and that kind of challenge should be, yeah, they they, sh- they should they should do something about that because that ruins the spectacle, doesn't it? And it's not it's not fair. What is it? Fair sporting play, they'd say. Fair, fair, gentlemanly play. Whatever it is, yeah. it's pathetic. And yeah, that that annoyed me because it it, it it breaks up, it kills the game of football, and and yeah, makes it like rugby. So um. Yeah, I, you know, maybe it equals itself out in that the VAR goal they got, and then that that as well. But um, yeah, potentially. I mean, I guess, I guess Arsenal fans would be quite thankful that Mark Atkinson did give it as a foul and 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 a yellow card because had he not made that decision, then VAR would have had to step in and make a decision. Um, so the referees then obviously taking the initiative and 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 made the decision there right there and then, and VAR decided not to overturn it. So, I mean, yeah. I don't think we can really argue the point anymore, but. Yeah, a really a really good performance, and like you say, I think over the course of the game, I think that arguably we had better chances. And like you say, Wayne Hennessy had a couple of opportunities, but but we had a couple of of chances ourselves. And I think I was I was particularly pleased with Christian Benteke coming off the bench. I think was he, he got fifteen minutes or so, ten fifteen minutes, and I think he made a real impact as well. Gave us that height up front um, where the game was getting stretched and able to to sort of go long when we needed to. Um, and 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 sort of continuing his good form from at the Emirates last season, of course, where he got his was it his only goal of the season last season at the Emirates? It was, wasn't it? Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. I just think you know Roy is doing absolute wonders. Um, you know we've got some fantastic players, as you mentioned. You know Jimmy Mack, who's absolutely unsung hero. Jar Ward for me this season as well has been, been oh, brilliant. Fantastic him, Gary Cahill, probably best signing. The, the summer for me yeah. on a free transfer absolutely fantastic yeah Joe Wald yeah brilliant you know um, the, 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 the other one is Ayu obviously just mm. you know for what, what Palace played for him as well and like we've said madness that you know he's signed for us permanently and then he's fantastic and on loan last last year he's pretty pony <laughs> um, but yeah he's done fantastic work as, uh, as well so I just just think you know but 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 the man in, who's making it work Hodgson is just doing a fantastic job and you know the, the depth that we've got is very limited, but when he has had injuries, he's managed to make it work. You know, defensively, we've we've had all of them injured at some point. We bar bar Cahill, he wasn't completely fit when he came in, was he? I don't think he was. I don't think he was hundred percent, was he? Yeah, but yeah, you had Sacco's kind of what come in and gone out again. Yeah. Talked up with him. So yeah, you know, I just think Roy has dealt with um, ups and downs along the way, as long along with having very limited resources to work with. And if you look at it as well, the run of games that we uh, had in front of us, or still do to some extent, but had in front of us a few weeks ago, you know, uh, okay, we've only we've got what a point out of the two two last toughies, is that mm. fair to say? Mm. Um, but then we've got, I guess, Leicester to play. Yep. Is it Liverpool? Yeah. Liverpool coming up. Yep. Yeah. So you know, to to have to have a point out of those two, and again, last weekend we didn't get smashed off the park. There were still opportunities to be in the game. Um, I think I'm really pleased with it, to be honest with you. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, if you if you look at the season as a, as a whole, I mean, appreciate we're only ten games in, but I always say, you know, when people ask me about my predictions for the season, I always say, ask me ten, twelve games in, because that that's when you, I think you can really start to feel get a feel for for where we are. And I mean, we're ten games in, sixth position, fifteen fifteen points out of ten games, four wins, um, a minus two goal difference, but. For, I mean, you look. You look at, at, at actually at the table ahead of Crystal Palace, Liverpool, Man City, Leicester, Chelsea, Arsenal, Crystal Palace, and then you've got up below us Man United, Sheffield United. Obviously, are, are doing really well, um, but then languishing. You've got Tottenham in mid table, 
uh, Everton, who obviously spent a hell of a lot of money in the summer. I think I mentioned on the pod every week that I think Silver's up there with Solskjaer's probably going to be the first manager to go, I think, um, given the amount of money that they spent and, and, and the, the lack of return those those um, managers are getting. And Watford's still rooted to the bottom um, without, a win, lots, without a win. There's lots of them in that, in that camp who've spent lots of money in the summer and, you know, for very wide to bang average players. You know, West Ham, they always spend under a million pounds every transfer window. Mm. You know, like you said, Everton. There's a number of them who've spent a lot of money on on people that I don't know would get into the Palace teams, honestly, based on the on the form that we've got. Not um, the current form, no. The, no, and you know, sick for the league. Of course, it's a bit of a um, a false position to some to, to some extent to purposes, but you know, we're there on on merit from the results we've ground out, and uh, we've not been outplayed once this season. Okay, there were parts. Last week, the Man City were absolutely brilliant and yeah. played the ball around us and kind of dictated the game. But that they are that they are a league apart, you know. Yes. You could separate the Premier League into a, a couple of leagues, and they are their own league up there. I get with Liverpool, obviously. Um, so you don't mind being parts, being parts of the game where you're out of it. So, yeah, absolutely brilliant start. And remember, this is the bit of the season where we we usually absolutely triumph. So just yeah. wait for after Christmas when we bring a striker into the window maybe a couple of other reinforcements and we'll um, maybe cement our European tour place well you know I mean I'm, I'm, I'm still holding I hope that Alexander Serlet's going to come back from, from Turkey and absolutely tear up the league um, he scored again tonight I think it's 10 goals for Transport. Um and and the news was that before he went out on loan he signed a contract extension with Chris Palace so we've got another another year once his, uh, his loan deal next season expires oh, really? um, which I think is really good news because Steve Parrish was uh, quoted before as saying that it's all well and good Crystal Palace going out and buying ready-made Premier League players like the Andros Townsend and James Tompkins but it's not sustainable you need to be looking for these younger talents trying to trying to bring them in I mean you've got to remember the kid's only 23 years old and he was completely written off by Crystal Palace fans um, especially when you consider the the sort the, the, the game time that he had um, you know asking a 23 year old who's not played any Premier League football to come on with five Four minutes of 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 a game, a Premier League game, and 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 make an impact is a, is a big ask. But um... but even if he doesn't make it, look at the likes of Everton and um, Watford and um, West Ham and others who are buying these players for tens of million pound. Yeah, right. Palace played what ten million pound for Sir? Apparently, if you believe the rumours. Yeah. Um, I, think, I think it was up to thirteen we've had on yeah. Right, but the minute they're not going to only add ons are they? The minute. Well, I think so I, I, 10 million I, I, pounds. you never know. So that's ten million pounds. You know, these other clubs are buying players for thirty, forty, fifty million pounds, mm. who are having similar um, outputs. So I do think it's testament to Palace that you know we are uh, investing. Obviously, it's not a small amount of money, but in the scheme of things, investing sensible amounts of money um, on players like that who are a gamble and aren't the proven Premier League player. And you know, if you do a couple of them, they don't make it. Okay. Um, but then it just takes one of them, and, and, and you know you've you spent on on say three or four players. What these other clubs are playing are playing on one, um, and, and and you know you're, you've got a better ratio of getting something positive out of it. So yeah, I just I just I just think that for all the slagging off and everything that people do of Dougie Friedman, um, he and the others involved in bringing players in are doing a very good job. And obviously Hodgson's got to work. We've got to. We could do some more numbers and. And the like, but but yeah, working working magic with what he's got. So fair play to him. Yeah, definitely. Well, mate, continue. Yeah. Yeah, definitely, mate. I mean, you were you alluded to our our upcoming games then, and and, and Leicester City 
um, might prove to be a, an even more formidable opponent than, than Arsenal did um, yesterday when, when we faced them on Saturday. I don't think any footballing podcast this week will, will, will pass without mentioning their 9-0 victory at Southampton on uh, Friday evening. I think um, we're in a group chat with a few of our mates and, and I wasn't actually watching the game um, but I think it was 15 minutes in, and 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 someone was saying, to, someone was texting saying, "Oh, yeah, it's seven nil." I I couldn't believe it, so I had to turn over and actually check, and I just couldn't believe that, you know, they were by that margin. I mean, were do you do you do you think it's a case that, I mean, obviously Leicester do have a very good manager in in Brendan Rodgers, and they do have quality throughout their 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 squad. But you know, you look at Tillemans and and Vardy, and I think it's the the, the centre back whose name I can't pronounce who's who's um come through. But I mean, everyone's. I I want to stay away from the hyperbole here, but everyone's sort of touting Leicester for for almost sort of top four at the moment. It's a long way to go. Is that there are a lot of pundits doing it? Personally, I can't see it. I think it's a long season, but. I think there will will be a, it will be a tough ask for Crystal Palace to face them on on Saturday. It'll be an interesting game because for all that Leicester were brilliant, Southampton were absolutely appalling. Yeah, like it was ridiculous. The defending was absolutely shocking. All at sea, all wasn't all they? over yeah. the place. Yeah. Um, it was really bad. I just, I felt for people, you know, because that's they're, they're at home. Yeah. You know, they were at home. They got absolutely walked all over, and it, you know Leicester were going forward, going forward. You know, there was... Um, who's their midfielder who's doing really, really well? I can't think of his name. Telemans? Say that again? Telemans? No. Him? No. No, I can't. What's his name? He, did he get an England call-up, I think? Or Anyway... They, they, oh, they, Madison. No, not him either. No? No. They, they, were, playing, they were playing some nice passing, and this lad, whoever it was, <laughs> showing my... Um, I, was, I was making a cabin at the time, uh, sort of an Ikea-style thing, so you could tell the tense off playing. I was playing to the game, but... For what I did see, you know, they, 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 Southampton were all at sea, really, really bad. So I think it'd be an interesting game. I haven't seen masses of, of Leicester this year. I've seen bits of them. Yeah, they look good going forward. I don't know what they're like defensively. Mm. Um, you know, this is the thing in the Premier League, though, doesn't it? It only takes a run of a few games, um, and you can go on a really good run, and you can pick up some results, and the hype builds. Yeah. Um, and you, you, I mean, I hope the hype is not building over us. I hope people keep saying, "Oh, yeah, it's just that they're doing all right." You know, they're picking up a few results. Yeah. Uh, because because that sort of uh, hype you don't need. You don't want that attention, that focus, because it only brings negative. Um, so yeah, I think it'd be an interesting game. I don't go into it with fear because I think the way that we've played the last couple of games, particularly the home game against Man City, where they were that good, you know, they were parts absolutely unplayable. But again, Palace were still in that game. They they were still. Very competitive. They were still, um, they were still part of the game, and, and then you know there'd be other matches pre- previous years where we'd say that wouldn't be the case. So um, yeah, go into it with interest, but I don't go into any fear. That's for sure. Definitely right. Yeah, and and um, personally, I'm 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 actually for once very pleased that our game on uh, on the weekend has been moved because. I want to take a little trip over the North Sea just 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 for just to just to mention Espia because I'm going um, to um, to Espia to see them play Horsens on on Friday night and looking forward to to seeing Jan and Kelly and, and a few of the boys and catching up with them and watching watching the game out there and certainly one that Espia needs to uh, need to win given that there was uh, yet another defeat on on Friday to FC Midland losing two one where I think there was something stupid like three goals within ten minutes. Unfortunately, leaving Espia uh, second to bottom 
of the Danish Superliga strand on nine points from 14 games and today have, have announced their new uh, manager Lars Olsen I don't, uh, a few people might remember him he was actually the captain of the famous Danish team which won the 1992 European Championship so someone who comes through with a bit of pedigree he's actually managing the Faroe Islands at the moment um, and he's uh, going to be able to see out his duties I think for the last couple of games whilst, um, but I think the game on, on Friday will be his, his, be his first game as as Esbjerg manager against AC Horsens and, and certainly one that I think that Esbjerg needs to be getting three points out if they need to pull themselves away from, from the bottom half um, it's been quite impressive isn't it because you, 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 you've seen obviously Esbjerg play a couple of times haven't you um, there's, there's been a stark contrast from, from last season to, to this season Um the notable omissions of players like Carlo Holzer. We were really impressed when we seen him, a bit of a, a midfielder maestro. They've lost him. Um, but really, I think it's quite simple. They're not scoring enough goals and conceding far too many. It's a shame, isn't it? Because given the highs of last season, you know, getting to Europe and, you know, all those sort of things, um, to have the second season syndrome, as they say, and to, you know, hit some lows um, that they have, it's, it's a shame. Um, and you're you're obviously going for more than the hot dogs, but they are obviously a standout part of the trip. I have one before. for you, don't I, mate? I have one for you. Yeah, you going to the hostel again? Yes, I am. Yeah, well, the the, 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 the down hostel, yeah. The brilliant breakfast, uh, the bike. You got to hire a lady bike. <laughs> Well, it's all part of the trip. It's, 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 uh, I've I've looked at the weather report though. It's going to be absolutely Baltic. I mean, not literally Baltic because we're not in the Baltic regions, but um, it's going to be something like three degrees out there. So uh, yeah, I mean, with the with with the with the wind coming off the North Sea, it's going to certainly going to make for an entertaining Friday night. That's for sure. Um, and hopefully, a few beers will uh, will numb the, uh, the the feeling of the the North Sea wind. And fingers crossed, they can get a result and turn things around because it's a lovely club, really nice people. Um, and uh, we had a fantastic, um, fantastic few trips out there with you and, and all, the, all the gang out there. So, um, yeah, say hello to them and um, come on, Eschberg. I will do, mate. Yeah, and then we'll certainly be doing a, a pod as well from, from there and hopefully get um, get Jan and a few of the, uh, the, the, the fans on, on, the, uh, on, on the pod. Um, yeah, hopefully a bit more sober than we were last time. So it's a bit more coherent and that would, that would be good. All right, well, Matthew, thank you very much for your time. It's it's been an absolute pleasure having you back on the pod. It's always uh, it's always enjoyable to have your um, your analysis, and I know it's appreciated by many of our listeners as well. We always get uh, people um, mentioning to me how how they do appreciate your in depth and and pragmatic um, analysis of the game. So. Uh, Thank you very much for t- for taking time out your busy schedule to join us on the Six Point Podcast. No, thank you and to those people. Your fibres are in the post. Splendid. All right, have a good week, everyone. And uh, well, yeah, you'll hear from us in uh, Esberg on Friday. Take care. The Six Pointer Podcast. Uh-huh.